Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 248 with Cara Bittar. How are you, Cara? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Now, very excited to talk with you today because... I'm, oh, I, I love when I, you know, talk to people that have done a few different things in life, particularly so that they love the life they live, that the, their life doesn't control them and all external pressures about, you know, status or living up to what you went to uni to do or your job or what your parents want you to do and things like that. So I'm really excited to dig into your story today because I think it's fascinating. Um, you started at Duke University. Now for, for us in Australia and people obviously watching basketball, I, I know the basketball side <laughs> and I know that it is an amazing university. What was that mm-hmm. like? to go to such a, a top tier university yeah i mean it it it, it was fine <laughs> um i you know i i think like i it's so interesting because i had duke is an excellent school a hundred percent um but it was like i had i had planned and worked like my whole life was about me becoming an attorney that was like my whole life and so um i had planned and worked it's like I decided that actually when I was in fifth grade that I wanted wow. to be an attorney. Yeah. And I was walking around with like Harvard Law sweatshirts on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, finally, like, you know, getting to one of these, you know, so Duke is a top law school. I know a lot of people know for basketball. And interestingly <laughs> enough, when I was there for law school, they actually won the championship, wow. which was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, but it is also it's a it's a it's a top tier law school in the United States. And so and so, yeah, I basically planned and prepared my whole life to be a lawyer. And so part of that was, of course, then like getting into like a, you know, a top law school. And so um, but yeah, the interesting thing about my journey to become to become an attorney was that like along the way, I mean, I was just like, this is okay. It's not great, but like once I become an attorney, like that's where, you know, I mean, I was it'll always change. very focused on it'll change. Like, I mean, yeah. law school, was, it was okay for me. It, it wasn't like it really like energized me or got me really excited or like it, it really didn't. And I did, um, I did a lot of like, we did a lot of significant things at Duke. Like I published while I was at Duke, I published um, research on the parental rights of rapists and I like was a guest author speaker on it and um, so it's like we were doing all this like very significant legal kind of work and exploration there, but it it just felt like really, quite frankly, it felt like work to me. And so do you, do you, sorry to cut you off. Do you think that as well, because you're sort of so caught up on being a lawyer that you're thinking to the future when you were there that you weren't sort of as present as maybe you could have been because you were so driven by the outcome and what that was going to be and what it would feel like for you? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I When I look back on that experience, I think, wow, I could have enjoyed that so much more. <laughs> Fine sight. <laughs> but I was just, I was so focused and I was my, you know, most of my life, I had this like laser focus of like, I'm going to be this attorney and like, 
this was like this in my mind, this like really important thing and this thing that I like needed to do. And so it's just so driven and so focused on that, that, yeah, it wasn't like, let me smell the roses like along the way. That was really not my my mentality. And I really did, um, you know, even though I was at a top law school and in, in even at top law schools there, they grade you on a curve. And so what happens is you're competing against your classmates. And even at top law schools, like if you're at a top law school, you're you're probably going to get a very good job. But at the time that I was in law school, it was especially competitive. And so they were really looking at really the top part of the class to really get those high, those really like those like really prestigious wow. jobs. Yeah. So there was a lot of, you know, I kind of filled my own life with all of this pressure to succeed. And so, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really just kind of savor it and enjoy it. And I, I could have, but that's not yeah. what I did. Yeah. Well, and, and so obviously when you decide you want to do something at fifth grade and you're so driven on that, were, were there external pressures? Like was there pressures from, you know, like your primary school or um, elementary school, sorry, or your family or were, were there external pressures that were saying you need to be a lawyer or did you just do all this to yourself, Cara? Did you burden yourself <laughs> with so much pressure? <laughs> so this is a really good question. And um, so at the time, I would have just said, like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to be. Like, if you'd have asked me then, and even if you'd have asked me in college, and if you'd have asked me in law school. And I did come from a family where I was expected to do some sort of, I felt like I was expected to do some sort of graduate school work. Like, college was never going to be the end for me. But... At the same time, my parents really didn't put pressure on me. Like, I would get really good grades in high school, and it was like, you know, their response was kind of like, stop stressing yourself out <laughs> over these grades, you know? So I didn't really have that pressure from them. Um, but what I can tell you now is that why I wanted to be an attorney, and I also, too, thought that, like, it was like I was going to be helping people or being an attorney had some sort of, it was like honorable in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so, um, but I can tell you now that why I really, what really drove me to be an attorney really didn't have anything to do with being an attorney. What I understand now is that when I was in that experience of being a child, I felt like I had absolutely no worth or value, no internal mm. worth or value. And in fact, as a child, not only did I feel that I had no internal worth or value, but I actually felt that I was like bad, like innately bad. That was kind of the, I was raised in a very small town, a lot of religious views in that town. And you have this kind of concept of like, you're kind of born like defective in a way. It's like, cause like that, there's this idea that like sin and all these things. Right. So it's like, yeah, I, I had this concept of myself as having no internal worth or value and then on top of that i had this concept of myself as being kind of like my fundamental nature in a way is like bad in a way or is like gonna do something bad or would do something bad you know it's like i had this kind of defective fundamental nature in a sense and so what i did was it was like i it was like okay I, what can i do to make myself valuable what can i do to make myself worthy like what like what how am i going to show that i'm like a good person and in the chat in my child's brain, you know, knowing like the having the little experience that I had, I thought that there were two noble p 
professions in the world. One was a lawyer and one was a doctor, and mm. I chose lawyer. Yeah. And so that was really the what what really drove me um, to be a lawyer. I, I was not driven by this. Um, I'm so interested in the law. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even know anything about it. None of my parents <laughs> weren't attorneys. I didn't I didn't even know any attorneys as like a little kid. But it was like I made this, like I had this deep, like, I have to become something. I have to show my value. I have to, you know, and then that just like drove me to be an attorney. And also along the way, it was like every step of the way I had to be like at the highest grades. It was like highest honors in mm. high school, summa cum laude in college, published in college as an undergraduate, go to, you know, top tier law school. It was like this constant needing to prove myself, needing to show that I was valuable. So you were really pinning your self-worth from a young age on what you were going to be like. And, and, yeah. and, and you're probably, and a lot of times I know obviously working in schools of students and, and you see it today, the pressures kids are under a lot of the time we think it's external pressures that people are putting on them. But a lot of the time, like what you were just saying there, that your whole life you were so stressed and anxious about everything because of this, thing that you thought would make you a better person or your self-worth would improve and yeah it did like i'm not saying you're not a good person but you mm -hmm. sort of get there to the end i'm guessing and you're like oh it wasn't what i thought it would be yeah that's exactly what happened and and yeah it's like we you know and i i mean yeah we do we certainly people are put under external pressures and you know, there was that, of course, in school and, you know, all the things would definitely put people under pressure, definitely put kids under pressure. Um, but like what what's really it's like we have these beliefs, you know, and they're in our subconscious many times. Mm. They're deep. They're like what they're like who we think we are, you know, and when you think you're somebody who isn't valuable and you think you're somebody who isn't worthy, that's going to drive you whether you realize it or not. And. It wasn't just like the, and it's kind of like, it's like partly like, you know, why do you feel that way? Well, there's a lot of different things, but we certainly have, we certainly live in an experience that is very, you know, it's not like you're watching things on TV or hearing people talk about like, you're just such a powerful being and you're love through and through and you're not here to become something you already are it. You know what I mean? Mm, it's like, that's dang. not really what the messaging oh. is. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, so yeah, but again, like I would not, I did not realize this until right. like relatively recently, this was something I relatively recently realized I, the whole time. It's like, I just, I would have given you all of these outstanding reasons why this was the path for me and the thing that I was to do, you know? Would you, if you could go from like, obviously having this realization and understanding the world now, what would you go back and say to you know, five-year-old Cara that's destined to be a lawyer and is pinning everything on that, her self-worth, the way she talks to herself. Is there something you'd love to just say or probably just give that little Cara a cuddle? <laughs> yeah, I would just love to, 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 I would have told her, I mean, like, you are loved through and through. You are worthy. You are valuable. It's who you are. And nothing's ever going to change that. Nothing's ever going to take that away. That is absolutely who you are. So you are here not to prove yourself, not to become something. You are here to express your own genius, brilliance, and like your own creativity. 
Ooh. So really, Ooh. yeah. So really tap into up. and figure Ooh. out. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, like, that, I, I think it, like, that is so important because too often everything is pinned on what you're achieving or what you're doing. Um, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And like yeah. you just said there, that's what we need to be constantly reminding kids that they yes. are good enough who they are at the moment. And, and also probably adults, like a lot of yes. people, you, you probably see it as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is like, and again, when you look at our experience, generally speaking, it's very external focused. And we're always classifying people based on like, it's like we're, when we start really young in school, it's like we're giving kids grades. We're like ranking them. You're yep. better than this person. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and we have such an external kind of focus on like, well, what are the things you've accomplished? What are the things you've done? What's on your resume? And I can tell you, I had an outstanding resume. And I was deeply unhappy. Mm. Like those things do not bring forth happiness. Like that is an internal, like, I know who I am. I know my own worth. I know my own value. Like these are where that comes from. And the thing too is when we're so external focused, what we're doing is we're actually taking people away from like their fundamental nature, who they are. And so it's like, we think if we just push people to like succeed and be these things that we want them to be, that somehow that is going to move us forward as a society. Somehow that is going to make society better. But it's like, that's actually, it's not really accurate because mm -hmm. like when we're who we are, when we're living from our fundamental nature, when we tap into who we are, one, we feel really good. Like, and we're in our empowered state when we do that. And like, and we're expressing our own creativity. And so it's like, we are benefiting ourselves, but you want to talk about benefiting the world. That's where you benefit the world. Not by just having this great resume because I had it and I worked on the big cases and I did the significant work. I did pro bono work for victims of domestic violence. Like I was doing all of this stuff that just looked so externally good and fabulous. Yeah. And like, it was going to help the world so much, you know, but um, I was miserable. Like, that's really not like, I, so any impact that I'm going to have, it's going to be limited just mm. because it's like, I'm like a shell of a person. Do you know what I mean? There's like, you can't, even as much as that seemed like accomplishments, oh my goodness, when you tap into you, I mean, it's, it's different worlds in what yeah. you can put forth in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you just say, Nick, are you, you'll just keep chasing that next hit, that little bit of dopamine, that next bit, that next bit, because without that, then you realize you sit by yourself you're like, oh, I'm, I'm actually not happy with what I'm doing. And unfortunately, you see a lot of people doing that because you did put all this pressure on yourself all the way through life. You went to university. I'm, I'm guessing Duke University is in cheap. So you've got all this pressure that you're killing it as a lawyer. You're dominating. You're so good to actually realize, and, and this is something you should be really proud of because a lot of people understand that, but to make the decision to say like, I need to leave this because I could imagine how, firstly, how did you decide that you needed to do it? And then how did you actually have the courage <laughs> to do it? Because it is, it's hard. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got a great yeah. job. You're going to make partner. You're doing all these things, but I, but I've got to leave. Like that's, that's crazy. Like how did you do that? 
Yeah. So, so you said so many accurate things in what you just said. And, and it really was, it was like the whole time I was going along, I was just like, well, once I get this next thing and once I get this next accomplishment, you know, then I'm going to feel good. And so it was like, I finally got like the big time job. Like I was recruited by, and I was, I worked for one of the largest law firms in the Southeast. And we were doing this really significant legal work. I was making a lot of money. I had like the charming house in the city and then like the beautiful wardrobe and like, <laughs> and I, I like I had all the things, you know, material, and I had like the, all the material, all, all the material things all, and all like the money to go on the vacations. And, and I was doing high stakes corporate litigation, but it was this very like, um, the cases were very there were significant cases in terms of like the legal world in terms of just like the world you know what i mean and i was also doing like i said before i did a lot of work for victims of domestic violence and i actually was named the leader of that project so it was like what happened was i got to this point where it was like i had everything that i Mm -hmm. had thought i wanted but like you I didn't. had it all. <laughs> yeah, I did. You had everything, but you didn't have anything. Like a I had crazy that. Thing. Yes, I had, and it was like I had the respect of my colleagues. I really liked my colleagues, and I felt really appreciated by them. And you know, again, like I said, I grew up in a small town. You know, so when I am walking into that building, this like huge, big, high-rise building in the city. I'm almost kind of like in awe of like, oh my goodness, like, how did I get here? Like, you know, because I'm just from this (laughs) little, um, (laughs) so, but, so yeah, but at the same time, it was like, I had everything and there was nothing else really to keep kind of chasing in a way. Like I was on partnership track and I hadn't made partner yet. And when I first got there, part of me was like, well, once I make partner, then I'll, (laughs) then I'll be happy. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. Yeah. But it was like, I had said that too many times. Like I said that in high school. I said that in college. I said that in law school. Like, and now I'm saying it again. Like, like, no, no. Like, it was like, I knew I was at the point, like, that's not the answer. And, and so I'm in this job and yeah, I was deeply unhappy. I mean, you said it so, you said it kind of perfectly when you're like, it was like, you had everything and you had nothing. I felt like that. Mm. I felt just like empty. I felt kind of like numb, kind of like a zombie. And it was just like, I had this like, oh my goodness, is is this what all life is? And like, I would go and I'd do this work and like, we'd win a big case or I'd, I've had, I've, you know, I'd have one of these um, clients, you know, from like the, the pro bono work I did, you know, be like, oh, thank you so much. You helped me so much, you know? And I would have this moment of, oh, that felt good. And then gone. Gone. <laughs> so it's like most of the time, yeah, I feel most of the time I feel empty. Most of the time I feel like kind of numb, kind of like a zombie, or I just feel really bad. Just like, and so, so yeah, I got to the point where I was like, okay, there is no, there, like the next thing isn't going to do it. What is going on? How can I have all of this? How can I have everything? How can I have everything that everybody told me to? That was going to like, it's like everyone tells you, like, once you get those things, then you're going to be happy, right? Yep. How could I have? It was very confusing to me. It was like, and then part, and then I'm like, I've, I've worked my whole life for this. How can this be (laughs) all that it is, you know? And so, 
what happened was I just, I was really unhappy and I just, I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm not totally sure why I'm unhappy. I'm confused about this, quite frankly. It's not like I had this great mental clarity, but it was like, I finally got to the point where I was like, something has to change. Something has to change. I, I have to know, can I have a different experience? Can life feel different to me? And so, um, and you know, my job, it was just like, it was the biggest thing in my life. And so I thought, you know, it was like part of me kind of did blame the job too. I'm like, well, I do work a lot. This is a high stress job. Maybe this job is the problem. As good as it is, maybe it is the problem, do you know? But then there was this other part of me that was like, if I go and just get a different job, because I could have, <laughs> yep. you know, it's going to be different faces, different places, but I'm going to feel the same. So again, it was like not this great clarity of mind, but it was like I finally got to the point where I was like, something has to give. This job is the biggest thing in my life. And it's the thing that needs to change. And so it took me years to finally do this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I did. I, I left that job and I left it. This was the thing that was so, I don't know if anybody at that firm has ever done this before, but I left that job without a plan. I didn't know yeah. what I was going to do next. It was just like, Something scary? has to change. Liberating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, no, it was scary. It was just scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. I like that. And do you think, uh, I think people, uh, particularly after the last couple of years, Cara, of COVID, that where people have lost their work identity. And I know I struggled mm -hmm. with this a bit because I couldn't do what I was doing. And too often we pin our self worth, our self confidence, our status on our job title. And it's really funny. You, you meet someone new and it's not how are you or what are you passionate mm -hmm. about? The first question is, what do you do for work? It's just as yeah. culture, this is what we do. So for you leaving without anything, it's probably, it was exactly what you did need really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was. So yeah, so what you just said too. So when I left, there was this part of me that was like, oh my goodness, if you leave, you're never going to have anything to do ever again, ever. You know, because like, this is all you know. And there's, it wasn't like there was something else in the world that I was like, well, if I wasn't doing the law, there's this other thing that I'm passionate about that I would go and do. No, no, none of that. I had, I didn't even have any like really hobbies. So like my life was very focused Work. on my career. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so, but there was this other part of me that was like, give me two weeks, like give me two weeks away from the stress and this pressure and, you know, I'll figure something out. Cause I'm just like, you know, I succeed when I, you know what I mean? It's kind of this mentality, like I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> so I'm like very split in this thinking. And so I left the job and so a couple things happened that just really surprised me. And the first was <clears throat> I, um, realized after I left that job that I was in a really poor state of health. And it was like, I tried the whole time I was working to be really healthy. Like I was like up at 4am doing yoga, I was meditating, I made my lunch every day because I wanted to eat something healthy. But it was like when I left that job and this, the stress of it went away, and that adrenaline went away, Ooh, it was like, yuck. yeah, <laughs> I got to see, yeah, the state my body was actually mm. in and it was not good and i think too it was like i hadn't just been operating on adrenaline in that job i'd probably been operating on adrenaline and most on. of my life yeah 
Yeah. Like, I'm not being, yeah, like, I wasn't being driven by this, like, passion for life. I was being driven by, oh, my goodness, I can't fail. I'm, you know, like, that type of thing. Um, So I realized I'm in this really not good state of health. But the thing that surprised me even more, and this goes back to what you just said, was um, when I left that job, you would think, like, having done all of those things, like having the resume that I had, having gone to the, the school and got the big firm job, even though I wasn't doing it, like, even though I had just left my job, right, even though I had done it. And so you'd think that that would give me some level of worth or value. Like, okay, I'm not doing it now, but I did it before. Not even like before, like I did it like a couple weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But what it was like when that job went away, it was like every shred of what I thought was self-value and worth, just it just went right with it. And I felt absolutely terrible about myself, like totally worthless, totally, I was just nothing. I felt worse about myself, quite frankly, than I knew I could feel about myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it, it's not a nice place to be in. Um, no. But I think uh, when I've gone through some really tough times and my therapist, they said that it's like crossing a river. Do you know what I mean? You're at the bank. As you go down, it gets deeper and it feels horrible. And you've got to be, you've, you've actually got to feel those emotions. And like what yeah. you're just saying there, your self-worth, it could, couldn't get any deeper. You're nearly underwater. But the mm-hmm. longer you sit with that and allow it to happen, instead of jumping into a new job or going and getting something new shiny or material, you slowly come out the other side. And I'm guessing that that's what happened for you, Kara. Yeah, it's true. So I once I realized the state that like my body was in, the state that I was in like mentally and emotionally, I just made the decision. I'm going to give everything I have, all of my resources, all of my time, everything, everything I have, I'm going to give to finding answers. I'm going to give to finding out, can I bring my body back to a state of health and finding out, you know, can I feel differently about life? Like, is there a different experience of life that I can have? And so that's what I did. I made it my full-time job. I researched, I read, I experimented, I tried all sorts of different health-like practices like the saunas and the floats and the clonics and the parasite cleanses and like all the things. And I um, I took um, different courses by different like thought leaders and, you know, experts. And I, um, I trained a number of modalities and got certified in them so that I could do them myself. And so, yeah, I just, I made it my full-time job. That's what I did. Not a bad full-time job. When you think about it, we only get, we get one body, we get one life. Um, mm-hmm. Why do we neglect it so much? Why do we push it yeah. aside? Why do we, why do we mask our emotions? Why do we get things to cover up or try and make ourselves feel good? Um, so yeah. what did you, what did you, what did you experience and find out about yourself and sort of how did it, how long did that change before your self-worth, I suppose, improved? Yeah, so this is a good question. And I'm sorry, too, if you hear snorting in the background. That's my dog, hear- Rosie. <laughs> okay. She's, she sits- the- <laughs> well, it's, she sits next. Like, she's like you know, being in the corporate environment, I was like, when I'm done with this, I'm going to have my dogs around. So I've got two two little dogs here. And one of them, though, she snorts. And so it sounds like we're this little pig. <laughs> running around the house so if you pick that up that's okay that's what it is (laughs) so um okay so 
Right. So if I thought that I was surprised after I left my job um, by, you know, my state of health, by how I felt, nothing prepared me for really what was going to come, which was that after a year and a half of putting, like I said, everything I had into finding answers, I actually was in a worse state of health than I was when I left Mm. my job. Wow. And I, yeah. And I felt worse. Like I felt worse about myself. And it was like, because it was like the longer I went on, the more I tried things and the more things like, it was like, they just didn't, they weren't giving me the results I wanted. They weren't working. And I mean, and my health was getting worse. It was so shocking. And and it was like the longer I went on, it was like these things aren't working and I'm feeling like worse and worse. And yeah, it was it was really one of the darkest moments of my life because it was it was the moments where I was like, what I'm searching for doesn't exist. You know, like this is what life is. It's and it's just not great. And as an attorney, I wasn't happy, but like, you know, I had it good. I made a mm. lot of money. You know, I made a lot of money. I, I was respected. I was, you know, helping people. I was doing significant work. And like, no, I wasn't happy. And like, I felt like this, like, numbed out with zombie most of the time. But that's what it is. Like, that's what life is. And you had a, so, you had a purpose. Like, like you, you were doing something. You still had that purpose to get up for. Whereas now when you've given all that up and you're like, you're feeling even worse, you don't have that, you know, that constant pat on the back. Oh, you're doing well. You did well in this case. You know, you, you can't mask it anymore. And that's where yeah. that's the scary and really hard part that people don't want to feel. Yeah. And it felt terrible. I will tell you, I felt so terrible. And it was just, it was really, it was one of the darkest times in my life because it was like the hope started to go away because like when I was working I was like okay this this isn't like I'm not happy but I always had this thing if I were to try something different though like maybe (laughs) you know maybe that maybe it does exist maybe I could have a different life but it's like then I actually move forward I actually try the things and my life doesn't change you know what I mean it seems to get worse and so yeah it was it was and it it was hard and I I had these moments where I was like, just go back and practice law. Like you're only a year and a half removed. You have this great resume, like you can do it. But there was this part of me that was like, keep going, mm, like good. keep searching, keep good. looking, keep going. Yeah. And and, and so, because that that is like, not saying going back to law is an easy option, but that is the easy option because what you were finding and discovering, it wasn't easy and you weren't enjoying it. And it was making you feel worse, but that's probably because you had to unpack so many. I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but you from such a young age are so driven and like so many of us are to unpack all of that. It's going to, it's not going to just take a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? It's going to take a while. So how long did it take? And like, when did you get that? Oh, I feel all right. I'm starting to feel better. (laughs) Oh, like someone's (laughs) just taken 500 kilos off your back and you're like, oh, I can feel better now. When did that happen? Yeah. So it really was, it was at that, um, at that year and a half point, um, I, you know, still trying different things, still like experimenting. And one day I 
turned on. Sorry. Now she's barking. I love it. Um, (laughs) She went from uh, snorting to barking. Um, So, um, so I found, so one day I decided to do a Kundalini yoga class and I didn't know what Kundalini yoga was. I had done yoga for years and so I turn on this class, I start doing this class, and it seemed, quite frankly, kind of odd to me what we were doing. But after that class, I felt different. Like, I okay. felt different, noticeably different. And so I kept taking Kundalini Yoga classes, and the more classes I took, the better I felt. And it was like I started to feel energized like a natural energy, not an energy of some sort of stress or some sort of like, you know, caffeine or something. Yeah, I started coffee to feel energized. Yep. Yeah. And the aches and pains in my body started to go away. And I started to feel like inspired. And so I kept taking these classes and I went and I did get trained to be an instructor. I didn't go get trained because I thought I would teach. I was just like, I want to know more about this thing that was really changing my life yeah Yeah. and so as I trained in it I started to understand it more and I was like oh okay now I'm now I get it now I see why this is working you know not entirely because I actually don't think we fully understand kundalini yoga I think like modern science is actually catching up to what the yogis knew but it was like I was getting enough information I was like okay I can see why I'm starting to feel different and then what happened is it was like as I'm doing Kundalini Yoga, it's like I'm getting more clarity of mind and I'm feeling inspired. And I was able to look back at all of those other things that I did and be like, oh, this is why they weren't getting me the results I was wanting. You know, this is why I wasn't getting the results that I was wanting. And it was like, okay, well, what if I do? Okay, so I see what didn't work. What if I do this? Then what will happen? And so it was like, I started to experiment really with kind of things that were coming to me based on my own experience and things that were just like really quite frankly coming to me like what if I did this and what if I did this and how would that change and then it was like then it was like I really started to see my life transform as I'm doing these things and um, yeah and so that was really the finding Kundalini Yoga was really the turning point for me. It's um, just listening to you there um, that, you know, you've done a year and a half and I can imagine you tried so many different things. And that's why there are so many different practices of meditation, yoga, exercise, breathing techniques, like, as you said, different diets, different, like there's so many different things you can try and not everyone's going to fit the same mold. So I think the great advice that I've just taken from that is that don't settle, like don't settle for just because, you know, you've tried a few things and they haven't worked. Like you got to keep trying because like you just said there, a year and a half, you were worse. All of a sudden things just opened up. You started feeling better. It's amazing. So yeah. is that sort of like advice you give people now, Cara, that, you know, like something will come, something you'll find something eventually? I, I, I very much agree with that. It's like, we set this, it's almost like what happens is like we set this really low bar for ourselves mm. and our lives. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And it's like, well, this is what life is. It's full of stress. It's it's has a lot of pain in it. It has a lot of suffering in it. Um, things like disease, 
Um, you know, things like, you know, maybe feeling like life feels kind of like monotonous and whatnot. Like these things, these are just normal. Like this is just what life is. Like we have this kind of thing. Like this is just what life is. And um, what I would say is this is not what life is. These things have been become normalized. They're not normal. They're not your fundamental nature. They're not who you are. They're not how you have to live in this experience. And so, and there are ways that we can live, like have a different experience. It's not, you know, and, and yes, I would say it's not like we were just, it's not like we're just in this experience to like struggle through and be in this kind of mass confusion and, you know, pain and, or maybe just low levels of joy. Like I have joy on a weekend here or there when I'm sitting yeah. and watching a big game, you know, yep. like, no, but you know, the thing is, it's like when we set the bar low like that and we look at these things as if they're normal, you know, and then it's like someone tells you, you can have a different experience or maybe you go try something and it doesn't maybe give you that immediate result or whatever. And it's like, oh, see, this is just what life is. No, it isn't. No, it's not. Don't settle. Keep, yeah, keep going. And you're absolutely right. People are different. And so what's really going to speak to one person might be very different from what's really going to speak to and help transform another person. And that's, I think, such the beauty of kind of the space we're in now is that we do have people out there. There are so many things you can you can utilize and you can try. And, and you know, even if they don't work for you, it's worth trying because mm. there is something that works. For, like, I mean, I can tell you that from my own experience and I can tell you that from being in a place where I felt like, oh my goodness, nothing works. Yeah. To being like, I can transform my life. Like to the point that when I, I feel like I've almost lived two lives in this one lifetime. And the thing is, is when I look back, I think, you know, how different I feel now about my life, how different I feel now about my body, how different I feel now about myself, how different I feel now about like my husband, how different I feel now about like nature. And just like when I go for a run and like how different I feel now about other people, like my life is so different. And I look back and I think, Oh my goodness, I could have missed all of this. Mm, I could have missed that. this. Yeah. And what a travesty that would be. Because it's like the the beauty of this experience, the beauty of who you are as a person, like your creativity, your genius, your intelligence, like your joy. Like it's here right now. You don't have to go out and get it. It's here right now. It exists right now. It's just a it's just a matter of like but I would say is you understanding yourself and how you function, but it's like, it's available to you right now. And it's like, and like, I'm just like, don't miss it. Yeah. yeah. It's so That's precious true. and it's so beautiful. Like, you know, so if you're going to go out, so, you know, go out. Yeah. Try different things, try different things. And if something doesn't work, that's okay. Like, yeah. You don't just haven't found the thing for you yet. Yeah, yeah. And I think like what you're saying there, don't be scared of failure. Like, and that's a lot of yeah. people brought that down to failure and don't be scared of that because without failure, we don't grow. We don't learn. And like, and just listening to your story there, Cara, to sort of summarize it. Do you sit back now and are you proud of what you were able to achieve? Like in your first life, you just said, or are you more proud of that realizing that that wasn't your purpose and the work you've done on yourself to where you are now? So I would say um, I don't reg like reg really like I look back and I just think 
that was such a valuable experience mm. because it Ooh. did bring me to my knowing that I that I hold now. You know, like I had the experience of having everything and feeling mm. like I had nothing. You know, and it's like until you actually have that experience, it almost sounds unbelievable. You know, what I mean, like you had everything and you felt really bad about. Okay, okay, yeah, right. You know? Yeah, good, great story. Move on. Yeah, um, I don't really think you know what it means to feel bad. Like, no, I do. I do. And, you know, and people do. And, um, and so, so yeah. And so I think it was, it was, it all led me to the place I am now. And also the skills too, that I learned as an attorney, I actually use those now. I like use them to help really bring me into a different state, you know, but, um, but yeah, I would say the thing that took the most courage though, for me was really embarking on this journey to, to like really know and understand myself and kind of embarking on this like I don't know what's ahead of me I have no plan but I'm going because I have to know if there's a different experience for me and I mean there was and it just Mm. keeps going it's not like it's ended you know what I mean the light gets bigger (laughs) (laughs) I I love that that's it's great and on I love, you know, people can relate to somebody's story. Um, Your vulnerability allows, you know, other people to realize that, oh, maybe, you know, I can relate to a lot of things Cara was saying. Um, And I know you're doing a lot of work now with people around this and helping them out. So do you want to explain, you know, where you found yourself now and what you're doing and if people, how do people get in touch? Because there are people listening, I bet, right now, driving a car, riding a bike, walking, running, whatever it might be that are, resonating with you that they've got everything they think their perceived value that people may be looking in they've got this amazing shiny life but inside they're dull they're not happy so um where can people find you cara and and how are you helping them i suppose yeah so i now and believe me i did not see this as my path in life i did not see this coming (laughs) this surprised (laughs) surprised even me but it's delighted me too so when i started to realize like okay, I can transform my life and this is how I do it. Like when I started to really get that and then I started to be like, okay, I did these things and I have transformed my life. What if I share them with others? What kind of impact is that going to have on them? So I started to do that and I started to see the results. And so then what happened was it was like, it's almost like, it's not almost like it is. My, it's like my mission in life now is to really show people you can have such a different experience. And how I do that is through these programs that I created. And the programs, what they do is they contain all of these things that really moved the dial for me. So like when I created the programs, I was really thinking efficiency and effectiveness because coming from the world I came from, I was so busy, I had no time. And so I wanted to be like, okay, what is the thing that can help people, but that can also do it in this efficient and effective way so that if they're super busy, this can fit into their lifestyle and it can get them results. And it can get them the results without having to go through really as much as I had to go through. And of course, mm-hmm. it's not saying there isn't commitment, there isn't effort. There might be moments where you feel bad. I mean, that's just, we've got to address our emotions, but it's almost like you don't have to go through the confusion that I went through. And so What the programs really are is they're, one is called the foundation and one is called thoughts. And they're, what they are is they focus on who you are and how you function. And we kind of touched on this. And I think a lot of people would be like, well, I know who I am and I know how I function. And I would say, 
If you're living in states of stress, of overwhelm, of disease, of unfulfillment, of feeling bad, or just of low levels of joy, you actually have misunderstandings about who you are and how you function. And when you really understand that, then your life can change. And so what these programs are, it's like they help a person to step into this clarity. Like, this is who I am, this is how I function, and this is how I get the results I want. And it helps them step into their power. So it's like life stops becoming so confusing or so like, well, how come this person has this life and this person has this life? It's like these things start to really make sense. And people can really then, it's like with this understanding, they can move forth and have the lives that they're wanting. And it's like they get to choose now. They're in that empowered position where I have the clarity. I know how like I'm creating my life and I can choose the life that I want and I understand how to do it. And it's really about them understanding it within themselves like it's not about somebody else coming in and like working on them or like it's like them having this own their own like knowing that they then have for the rest of their lives yeah so that's what my what my what my work is yeah well i love that because at the end of the day health and happiness is nobody else's responsibility car it's yours and if you're not happy yes you need to do the work you need to invest in yourself stop blaming other people because at the end of the day you're still going to be in the same place. So where can we find you, Cara? People are listening, nodding their head, going, I want more. Where can we get that? So you can reach me at my website. It's www.caranicolebitar.com. It's just my name, K-A-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-B-I-T-A-R.com. And all of my offerings are on there. And I do teach Kundalini Yoga. So if people want to take some Kundalini Yoga, they can also get that on my website. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to this and you want, uh, you didn't get time to write that down, go to episode number 248. I'll have that in the show notes. Reach out to Kara, get in contact. Um, if hopefully you can resonate with something that she's mentioned today, what better time than 2022 after the world's been in a interesting place for two years. This is a time to take control of your happiness. And from Cara's story, you can really do that today. So Cara, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story, being so open and honest. I I was sitting here nodding along and really enjoyed it as well. So um, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've so enjoyed being here.